Storygram Network. The content and products discussed in this program have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, nor are they intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Any decisions made around your health should be discussed with your health practitioner. Welcome to Body Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Morgan, Health and Human Potential Master Coach and Edutainment Curator. I started Body Talk over a decade ago in order to achieve my mission of educating and inspiring millions to a healthier way of living. Body Talk Radio is more than just a radio show. It's your gateway to information and education relevant to today's most important health topics. Delivered by top thought leaders, influencers, and world changers in the health and human potential space. If you love great health talk, listen in and join the community. Get educated, get inspired, and become a healthier you. Hi there. Is this Evan? Hi. Yes, it is. Fantastic, everyone. We have Evan Zislis on the line from Clutter Free Revolution. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, you know, I've been I've been obviously letting our community know uh, quite a bit about the amazing work that you're doing, Clutter Free Revolution. This is your book, correct? Yes, it is. All right. So. Um, you know, I know there's so many things that you've done, and you also you have a, a column that you write for the Huffington Post. Um, so we're going to talk about all the great things that you're doing. But let's start off talking about your book. And I got to say, I've had a lot of people sending questions for you, so it's a hot topic. You know, great. I but you know, the nice, the nice thing about this topic is that it's for everybody. It's everybody. for everybody. Right? And, you know, even if people don't know it's for them, it is for everybody. And, you know, the minute I started seeing your stuff, I said, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, this is super important. I mean, because, you know, I look at things from a health perspective, pretty much anybody, anytime, anywhere, you know, if they're having some sort of imbalance or something going on, you know, I'm looking at, okay, what are the things affecting your health? And as I mentioned to you before, you know, I do believe that, you know, stuff, you know, and I, I, I've, I've, I've actually been a fan of, you know, the story of stuff and, and all of this for quite a while, but I do believe that, Americans are so attached to their stuff and and you know it does affect our health and you know people are getting more and more overloaded and and the clutter is there and let's talk about your book why you wrote it and um and you know basically the key highlights Great okay so I agree I think that um Getting organized and simplifying your life and digging into your stuff and trying to figure out what are the impacts on people's health and wellness, all of those things are right on the surface. But I think what, what drew me to this mm-hmm. um, was were the things that were really just right under the surface, things that were, if you, if you looked a little bit deeper, um, we could start to draw um, a connect the dots between our clutter, our stuff, and the impact those things have on a global scale. And that's really what drew me to this work. So I'm talking about not just your personal health and wellness, but the relationship dynamic in your household. 
and right. the environmental impact your things have, um, n- not just even in your own community with your own landfill, but on an international scale. Mm-hmm. So you've got environmental uh, impacts, sure. and you've got uh, social economic impacts and social justice impacts when you start looking at sweatshops and how things are manufactured. Right. So that the, Im- the implications of kind of clearing out and getting organized have far, far-reaching, important, um, I-, I think, world-saving implications for all of us. And so, it's, it's, yeah, it's something that people just don't think about. They don't. So it's amazing that you're bringing bringing to light this much bigger perspective. And I think when people are educated by you and, you know, on this bigger perspective, their choices will change. And it's when people are, you know, knowledge is power. When they get the information, they're going to think twice when they make certain choices. Yeah, so the book is really a book about conscious consumerism. Okay. Um, so you, you mentioned the story of stuff. I love Annie Leonard. She's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, New York Times number one best-selling author of The Story of Stuff, and mm-hmm. she's the president of Greenpeace USA. Yes. Um, cer- certainly her book and her focus is on environmental preservation and conservation mm-hmm. and uh, conscious consumerism. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what I did was I combined my professional practice, which I'm a professional organizer. So yeah. I-, I took sort of um, a Marie Kondo approach and I squished it together with Annie Leonard's The Story of Stuff. Wow. And then I threw in Yvonne Chouinard from the Patagonia and mm-hmm. now we've got this sort of swirling vortex of mm-hmm. let's get organized in our personal spaces but let's do it for the right reason. Mm-hmm. So, the book is called uh, Clutter-Free Revolution, and, I, and it's called Clutter-Free Revolution because it really is about creating a movement of conscious consumers. Love this it. is not just about what I do. Mm-hmm. It's about what we do collectively as communities mm. uh, and, and very much on a grassroots level. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of efforts will have a huge impact um, and a, a, a positive one for all of us. So the subtitle is Simplify Your Stuff, Organize your life and save the world, which is really my bottom line. Simplify your stuff, organize your life, and save the world. It's so true. Yeah. Love it. And uh, now you also have, um, you have a quick start guide, right, for your, that accompanies so people can actually have some actionable steps to incorporating what it is that's in your book. Is that correct? Yeah, it's like the super um, quick start, uh, cliff notes version of the book. It basically cuts right to the chase. People say, what do I do? Just don't give me the backstory. Yes. I get it. What do I do? How do I start? And that's what the quick start guide is all okay, about. Good. It's all about the three-step method. Um, it's the same three steps no matter what you're doing, whether it's um, tidying up your garage or your home office or your filing cabinet or writing a business plan or um, you know, trying to decide what's your next move in your career. Um, it's all the same three steps. And uh, clutter is really just a metaphor. And getting organized uh, is, is a system. And when you take that system and apply key elements of whatever it is that you're working on to that system, you're going to get consistently awesome outcomes every single time. So productivity. Uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. 
Mm-hmm. So these steps that you put into practice here are helping lead people toward whatever they're doing, toward better productivity. I, I got to tell you, I saw your quick start guide and I just, you know, instantly said, I was thinking the same thing. Like this is so much more than just clutter, what we think of clutter. This really is sort of a self-management, self you know, a system, like you say, and, and who couldn't use a system or a guide? Because it seems like today so many people are overwhelmed with, you know, life, with everything that they're doing, whether it's, you know, material objects and stuff or overwhelmed from information. And, you know, because, you know, and I don't know if that's anything you address, but we're cluttered through information, too. Absolutely. Clutter has to do with how we spend our time, what friends we hang around with, what foods we eat, what, um, you know, it, it really is an absolute metaphor for everything. If we're not being intentional about how we live our lives, mm-hmm. there are things that are obstructing us from the life that, um, that we seek. And Peter Walsh said it best. He said, clutter's not just the stuff on your floor. It's anything that stands between uh, you and the life you want to be living. So that, you know, it's really critical for us to start looking at things through a lens of, am I being intentional? Or am I just allowing the momentum of my life to carry me away? Mm. And often carry it away to a place that doesn't feel satisfying or rewarding or Mm -hmm. fulfilling. Um, and, and ultimately, I think as members of the human race, not only do we have a responsibility to ourselves to be um, to live an intentional life where we feel uh, fulfilled and where we have uh, are, we're making meaningful contributions right. to the people around us. Mm. Um, I, I think that as human beings on this planet, we are responsible. Um, for sustaining life. Um, And that means being stewards of our environment Mm. and taking care of one another. And we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, right right no. now, um, and, and I'll be and I'll be blunt. Um, w- w- this thing called fast fashion, um, how we spend our money, is um, s- directly supporting industries yes. that do harm. That do harm. Yes, absolutely. And we need as a as a not just a civilization, but as a um, a species on this planet, we need to be um, more intentional about how we live and what are the impacts that that, that those lifestyles promote. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and if we knew about the families that mm-hmm. we were directly harming, um, that were uh, employees yes. of these sweatshops in, in Malaysia and, mm-hmm. and Ecuador and Bangladesh, we would not shop um, for those products anymore. We simply wouldn't because we wouldn't want anything to do with it. Okay. And, and, and so we need, we need to look more closely um, at our habits. So, so Evan, so um, how then would you, would you explain or speak to the average person that isn't aware of what's going on in the sweatshops? Because some people argue that those are jobs that are being provided. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a a fair, um, tired, old, um, justification for a practice that has made a handful of people very, very wealthy. Yes. Very wealthy. Mm. And I think that I think that we can do better. Mm-hmm. Culturally, I think we can do better. Um, mm-hmm. I think that if 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 organizations and corporations like Patagonia, for example, mm-hmm. 
took the extra step. There are plenty of industries that take the extra step to source things responsibly yes. and to make sure that, mm-hmm. their, that their products are manufactured in a way that is consistent with fair trade. We can do both. We can, mm-hmm. um, we can harvest materials responsibly. Mm-hmm. We can employ um, members of communities around the world responsibly mm-hmm. so that everyone wins. Um, but what what ends up happening is we it, with those industries they cut corners and they get very very wealthy mm. on the standing on the necks of, um, of of people who don't have a voice in this world um, and they, it's it's happened forever and it it. It cannot. Stop. It can no longer be an acceptable standard of doing business. Yes, we're way um, we're way too connected now. That we have way too right. many resources to know better, right. and you know we can't just put our head in the sand anymore. Um, I have so, a, mm-hmm, go ahead. So, well, I wanted to, I wanted to come back to your original question. What can we do about it? And that is number one, we can need less. Mm. We can be more mindful about what what our our real needs are. Um, we can find ways of repairing things before we replace them. Mm-hmm. We can tap into the, the, the second-hand economies in our local community. Um, and, and by second-hand economies, I mean thrift stores and consignment shops. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Uh, th- th- there's, there's so many people who could benefit from the things that we no longer need or oh, take for granted. No doubt. So on, on a grassroots level, we can pass those things along and make a tangible difference in the lives of families in our own communities. But that's not even enough. Mm-hmm. Doing that will help, but it's not enough. Uh, we need to start with how we acquire things in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that means needing less, getting out of this cycle of what I call the big lie. Yes. And the big lie is basically um, we're being told every single day that our happiness is at the end of this purchase. Mm-hmm. And when we, do, when we don't find that patch of happiness, mm-hmm. we continue to buy and we continue mm-hmm. to accumulate. And it's at a rate that is not sustainable for life on this mm. or on this planet. No, it's so not. So we we need to be more mindful. Okay, I love it. So um, everybody, we are talking with Evan Zislis here. He's the author, the number one, number one Amazon best-selling author of Clutter-Free Revolution. And we're t- talking, you know, conscious consumerism um, and beyond. We're talking about how our choices our micro choices make a difference on the overall impact of this world and literally um this we've got the world in our hands in one sense i mean you know it has to happen on the individual level and that's what you're doing here is to reach out to people to educate uh motivate and inspire people to think about uh the impacts of the choices that they're making and i have a question for you so for the listeners that are listening um where can they go let's talk about your website because let's, let's just say uh, there's a listener listening and says you know this is motivating um, Evan however I don't know where to start I don't know who those companies are that I should be avoiding who are the companies I should be focusing on that's a great question um, you know if people want to get started with um, my work clutterfreerevolution.com is a website that people can go to um, okay. I think that it's really easy to do, and I recently did uh, several Huffington Post articles about this uh, very topic. Uh, I just did a random Google search on what are fair trade companies that are doing good job, um, and you could you could Google search them in with any number of keywords corresponding to the things that you're looking for, whether it's cleaning products or it's um, foods um, or it's apparel or clothing right. or jewelry. There, there are any number of 
um, innovators and leaders in uh, innovation and uh, technology and consumer practices mm-hmm. that are really advocating on behalf of uh, fair trade. So you can just just a straight Google search will, will directly point you to many, many uh, companies that are uh, kind of leading that charge. I, I love Patagonia. It's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, so depending on what people are looking for, I would say just a simple Google search is a, is a good way to start. Okay, great. Because that was one of the questions that came in from one of our followers um, this sure. past week for you. It was related to that. So, sure. you know, they were wanting basically resources on, you know, like a checklist or something where, you know, people can say like, okay, this is where I'm going to focus my spending. This is where I'm going to whatever boycott. Um, so, yeah, that's awesome. And then... Um, Let's see. We have your your book, obviously, Clutter-Free Revolution, but then you have this quick start guide that I mentioned earlier. And, you know, I, as I mentioned, you know, I think that it's a pretty amazing place to start as I was asking you, you know, where do we start? Because it's three steps. I like small. I like simple. Um, this is an overwhelming topic, but a topic that everybody can look at and say, yeah, I want to I want to I want to live this way. But how? So uh, another another resource that I would point people to, um, I, I have another website, and it's myintentionalsolutions.com. Okay. And Intentional Solutions is the name of my professional practice, and Clutter-Free Revolution is the name of the book. But at myintentionalsolutions.com, um, I have a free ebook that also has an audio version of the book okay. called Af- Aphrodisiac. And mm-hmm. uh, the subtitle for Aphrodisiac is Clearing the Cluttered Path to Epic Love, Great Sex, and Relationships that Last. (laughs) And it's all about helping people to connect the dots between the stuff in their space and the relationships that matter most. And people wouldn't make that connection on their own. They would say, what do you mean? You're writing a book about great sex and relationships that last? What does that have to do with clutter? Well, it turns out Mm. the stuff in your space has a huge impact on how well we get along with people at home. Hmm. And people who live in cluttered environments know this. And I wrote, I wrote this book because people kept saying, um, hey, Ev, I was wondering if you could come help get, get me organized in my home. And after working with them for a while, a lot of them were saying the same thing, and that was my, re- my, relationship. Uh, my relationship with my husband or my wife mm-hmm. is really struggling. Um, mm. And it's because mm-hmm. we're not on the same page around our stuff. Mm. Um, so this book is all about uh, relationship dynamics and communication and um, conflict resolution and how do you enroll somebody into a, um, a, a way of uh, sort of understanding where you're coming from without putting them on the defensive. So it's all about um, taking a lot of it is based on the book. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Crucial Conversations, okay. uh, which is a, a great book. Uh, Stephen Covey wrote the foreword for that book. It was written for uh, businesses primarily, so it was, hmm. it was written for the boardroom, and I just applied it to the bedroom. I love it. But um, all that stuff works in the same exact way, and it really does help people to understand, look, if we're intentional about our stuff and our space, it will actually strengthen the relationships in our home. Um, and, and help us to reconnect in a way that is um, profoundly meaningful, uh, that results in w- w- wonderfully positive changes in, in relationship dynamics at home. So 
check that one out also. And that's free. That, or, sorry, that one's uh, a complimentary uh, sure. program. Okay, I love it. No, and you know, as I, as I mentioned, I kind of look at things from a health perspective, but you know, relationships sure. being that way, you know, it would make sense that, you know, when your environment is disorganized, when your environment is over cluttered, overwhelming, so to speak, that it would actually drain your energy. Your energy is going to go down. Sex drive isn't going to be as great. You know, uh, just it, you know, it kind of all plays together. And there, there's, there's, there's scientific proof that shows clutter does drain your energy it literally brings your cellular energy down not only that um, there's scientific uh, evidence that points to the effect that clutter chronic clutter has on executive function and executive function is the part of your brain um, that controls um, how we regulate our emotions how we how well we focus how well we um, integrate new information with old information um, how well we're able to process uh, problem solve and those kinds of things. So um, I work a lot with people awesome. with um, attention deficit, mm-hmm. um, and they find that their chronic clutter um, is really exacerbating a lot of the issues that, and challenges that they deal with in their mm-hmm. life. Um, and, that's and, and even, even more uh, specific, uh, it, this doesn't have to be a figurative thing, uh, a very... Uh, and, and you alluded to this a moment ago, when you're dealing with health and wellness and focus and energy, um, if, you, if you think about the food you eat in terms of clutter, right. clutter is basically, and I use this as a, as a metaphor, an analogy, but it's actually um, very literal. I talk about clutter as empty calories. But you can apply that same line of thinking to the actual food you're eating. Oh, if yeah. you're eating junk food, that's clutter. Yes. If you're if you're fueling your body with mm. um, healthy, nutrient rich, organic, um, mm-hmm. you know, if if we're really being very mm-hmm. intentional about what we consume, mm-hmm. um, we we really start to um, purge out all of those empty calories that really are just not serving us. Mm. Not only are they not serving us, they're but they're harming us. Yes, in the same way that mm-hmm. clutter harms our environment. So, um, so right. yeah, there's, there's so many literal connections mm-hmm. uh, that you can make to this process and this line of thinking and this sense of um, consciousness to ev- every, any aspect mm-hmm. of your life. It's fantastic. So, everyone, we are talking to Evan Zislis. He's the number one Amazon best-selling author of Clutter-Free Revolution. We actually have to go take our break now. I want you to just hang tight, Evan, and everybody stay tuned. We're going to be gone for one minute. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about some practical um applications or practical actionable steps that people can do to get on the right path besides you know we know you've got your um we want everybody to check out the quick start guide because that's going to be the best place to get started um but we want to talk about some actionable steps and then also too i want to talk a little bit about your huffington post articles they're fantastic i've been following them and uh, you're just providing such great info so those two things um when we get back everybody All right, everyone, we are back. Uh, Welcome to Body Talk. I'm Heather Morgan, nutrition and healthy living coach. Glad you're joining me today. I have Evan Zislis in the house talking about clutter, uh, author of Clutter-Free Revolution. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Evan. 
Thank you much. Happy to be here. Yeah, wonderful. Great. So, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the overall impact of clutter and stuff and and then the bigger picture of uh, conscious consumerism and how we really are causing damage beyond what anybody anybody knows and that's where i i really implore everybody to get educated um it's you know a lot of people say well i just don't want to know you know and or my choices aren't going to have an impact on the billions of people in this world um so you know i invite everybody to read your book read uh, evan's book um clutter free revolution as a place to start and also go just Go check out the Quick Start Guide because he's given you three simple steps to just launch you on your way. Um, I think that's great. And now, Evan, I want to talk a little bit more about some actionable steps. What can we do as we as we leave this call today? What can people do to um, to get started on their journey? And then as well, I want to talk a little bit more about how people can find you at the Huffington Post. Great. Okay. So first of all, I would say this. Um, if people understand why this is important to them, they're going to have more ownership and accountability of how it applies to their life on a day-to-day basis. So if you can just start to be thinking about this, that's a start. That's the first thing. The sure. second thing is, in the moments before you pull out your, your wallet and you're about to uh, either pay for something with your cash or your credit card, just stop and think for a moment, do I need, do I need this? Mm-hmm. Just Just ask yourself... Do I need this? Great. And just that, that simple act, if you can just say, how was this made? What toxic known carcinogenic chemicals went into the manufacturing of this product that probably leached into the local groundwater? What, um, you know, what horrific sweatshop conditions did some Malaysian teenager have to endure so that I could get a better price at, uh, on this item at a big box department store? Okay. Yes. Um, if you just stop for a moment and, and ask yourself, why is this a $4 shirt or an $8 shirt? What corners were cut at the expense of some, some poor individual who lived in Bangladesh mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. The, the environment that, that has no voice? where the industry is not looking out for their best interest. Mm-hmm. So if you just stop for a moment and ask yourself, do I need this? You know, how will this item um, be disposed of and where will it end up when I'm finished with it? So those are questions that we don't ask ourselves. That, that will help people get to their why and to their understanding of their integral role in all of this. The next thing that I would say is, if if you are buying something, have you exhausted all other opportunities to buy it secondhand? Yes. And by secondhand, of course, I mean used, that mm-hmm. this thing um, was not bought brand new at a retail outlet. This, this item has already had a life, mm-hmm. and you're giving it a second life or a new life. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many, many ways that we can recycle and upcycle things mm-hmm. to give them more life more use before they end up um, sort of stagnating in some sort of a landfill, right? Mm. So we want to make sure that we are exhausting all opportunities to support secondhand economies, and that means um, providing inventory to consignment and thrift stores so that they're Mm. able to have a small business and hire local employees. 
um, and, and also provide an inventory for individuals in your community who can't afford or mm-hmm. choose not to buy uh, things full retail. So that just just those two things mm-hmm. will make a huge impact. We mm-hmm. don't need anything manufactured at the factory level. Mm-hmm. There's enough on this planet yes, that we can really around. do just fine with what we've got right mm-hmm. now. Fantastic. So yeah, so so the the three steps is simplify, which is purge. The mm-hmm. second step is clarify, which is get organized. And the third step is inspire, which is a, a, a fun way of um, designing spaces that you're really inspired to do that maintenance and keep Love it, it going. Love yeah, so that's it. That's, I mean, I, I always tell people about the 80-20 rule, which is, yep. you know, we, we really only love about 20% of our stuff, mm-hmm. and that means about 80% of our stuff we don't love, which yeah. could mean up to 80% of our space is preoccupied storing the things we don't love, wow. which is insanity. That's crazy. Think about That's... your home. Oh, my gosh. We're spending, we're spending 100% of our mortgage on our space. But if 80% of that space is storing things that we don't love, that's insane. That's why people are so excited about the tiny home movement. Now I um, know. And the concept of minimalism. Mm. Well, I, 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 I am not personally a minimalist. I live in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, mm-hmm. and I've got lots of hobbies, and I've mm-hmm. got a family, and we've got stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we love our stuff. We buy mm-hmm. quality, um, yes. and we, we buy things that last, and we are really diligent about repairing things before we replace them. Um, there's a great website out there. I'll give a quick plug to Tara Button out in London, who's mm-hmm. a dear friend of mine, she, she started a blog called buymeonce.com, and it's all about um, products that are made to last forever, and they all have uh, lifetime mm-hmm. warranties on these, on these things. So if wow. we're just more intentional about which industries we support, which products we buy, knowing that the ideal is to make things last a long, long time so that we don't have to constantly replace these things. Love it. And I love um, that you said, yeah. I love that you said, you know, we have stuff, but we have stuff that we love. And, you know, the 80 or 80-20 rule, brilliant. I, I use that for, you know, my my thing is every time you eat or drink, you're either feeding disease or fighting it. And I encourage people to stay on an 80-20 for that. 80% fighting disease so that the 20% becomes less. But I love that you're applying it here and I love that um, you know you said you have stuff that but you love it so so when there's something around that you don't necessarily love do you find somewhere to give it so that somebody else can love it I, I do personally as part of my professional practice, but mm-hmm. also as a member of my community. Okay. I live in a really small town. There's about 6,000 people here in Carbondale, Colorado. We're just outside of Aspen. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we can't all afford to buy Patagonia right, right out of the catalog. Mm-hmm. So we share everything. And I, I think it. small communities are that way. Yes. Um, we, we find people and we know people who need stuff. Mm-hmm. And we, we're, we're not, sometimes we use the thrift stores and the consignment stores as a middleman, but oftentimes, as with any neighborhood or community, mm-hmm. people are just passing those things along to those mm-hmm. who need them more than they do. Mm-hmm. Or, or when, when, when my need, in kids' clothes is a perfect example. Right. Kids, kids don't wear through clothes before right. they're, they're four years old yeah. um, because they grow too fast, mm-hmm. and these, these clothes just kind of end up kind of floating around. Mm-hmm. So if, if we treated things mm-hmm. um, like... Um, 
living organisms. Let's let's continue this along as, as long as we're able to mm-hmm. until it's threadbare. There's nothing left to it. And then you know, I, it's like they they say this is how men are with their underwear. You know, you could just like we could blow it. Blow the fabric out the window, and it would scatter like like um, <laughs> like mushroom spores because there's nothing left. So yeah, we, we we do we try we try to use things mm-hmm. until they can absolutely be used no longer. Okay. Uh, and my wife, who repairs my favorite pair of jeans, um, <laughs> I, she she rolls her eyes every time I ask her, but she always does. Love it. Um, she, she always repairs my jeans because, uh, and I've gotten years longer than they probably might otherwise be used. So, okay, that's um, awesome. So I'm going to have to stop teasing my husband about his pants that he likes to wear from like the 80s and the 90s that are out of style. What do you do there? That, you know, it's a fair question. I think <laughs> one of the things that I tell people is I, I, I always let people have guilty pleasures. Yeah. If you've got something that you have and it's yeah. yours and sure. you love it, that's fine. Right. Go for it. Yeah. But just just be mindful about what your next acquisition is. Where it. did it come from? Do I need this? Do I already have something um, that, that that serves this purpose? Um, a lot of times, and I'm a shopper. I don't mind saying that I like to go shopping, and a lot of, of people think that I don't, but I do. Mm-hmm. I you know, and I. I go to consignment stores and thrift stores, and if I find something that I like, I'll go home and I'll consign four or five things yes. in order to fund the purchase of the upgrade. Love it. So I, I never take money out of my wallet. I don't mm-hmm. need to because mm-hmm. I've got enough money on my consignment accounts mm-hmm. um, that I can I can buy I can go into the, whatever the, you need. Three hours. Whatever I need at yeah. any given day, right. I've got enough money on my account to buy uh-huh. whatever I need. So I but love that. Means that. Going home and consigning things that um, I'm replacing. Okay, so Evan, just that, that principle right there, that behavior, do you explain that somewhere in your book? It's like, that's what people want to know. Like, how can we dial in living that way? Um, you know, Sonoma is a small community, just similar to where you live, it sounds like. And so, you know, I'm trying to think about people in our community this could go over very very well in our community because it's small and the other thing i wanted to say is here in the bay area the north bay area especially um consignment shops are really really becoming popular that whole concept of you know secondhand shops is really taking off especially with the millennials are you finding that um uh, well uh, it was true for my generation also i mean i'm 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 not. A, I'm a Gen Xer, so um, I would say that that that's been true for me. But if if it's more so for millennials, um, that's awesome. I think that um, there's there's a, a style to this whole vintage thing, which which maybe is bringing that back. But yeah, um, I, I would say that if money disappeared tomorrow, there's no reason why your community or any other community in the world could not thrive just on what people had in their own homes. Yeah. If people were, if people re re embraced the concept of um, bartering, and mm-hmm. I'll trade you this for that, that's essentially what a consignment yes. shop is. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so if people tap into that, that, I mean, that's a huge part of our lifestyle. We have CSAs, community service agriculture, and farmers markets, mm-hmm. and um, thrift stores, and. Um, uh, skilled laborers that mm-hmm. are all trading for other things. So, for example, we've got a beautiful flagstone patio in our backyard mm-hmm. that my wife traded for massage therapy services because yep. she's a massage therapist. So, so 
there's any number of ways that we can be more creative about spending less money, being more intentional about what we need, mm-hmm. and being more mindful about what we can pass along. Love so it. it's, okay, it's okay if you like to shop, go shop. Mm-hmm. But be mindful about where those things come from right. and what you do with them when you're finished with them. Don't yes. let them stagnate. Okay. Yeah. Love it. So here's what I'm voting for, Evan. Okay, because we have about one minute left. So I'm going to give you my, hey. last, my last two cents, and then we're going to talk about your program so people can get your, your quick start guide. I'm, hey. voting, I'm voting for somehow people hearing a little bit more about what you do, your system of, of consigning things and having money on a consignment account and stuff coming in and stuff going out that way. Somewhere down the line, it, maybe it's in writing now, I don't know, but I think... I personally would love to see that. Second of all, um, communities. A plan for small communities to uh, put a program together that, you know, similar to what we've been talking about. Those are the two things I'm voting for seeing from you in the future. Um, if, if we don't have it now. And um, the other thing is that, you know, this whole thing about um, this truly in our area, the whole consignment secondhand thing is becoming hot. It's becoming popular. Capitalizing on that. And reach out to our millennials, Evan, because our millennials are sp- they're speaking your language, and I think that's going to be your big, your 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 big, uh, your big wave. That's going to be where you're going to get people just really signing on and having a big impact. Well, I would say this: um, this is not uh, Evan's show. Um, this is a revolution, and yes. that means it's a movement of people, yes. and that means sharing this content and um, and talking it up and and trying to get the word out. So, Love it. So awesome. This, this has been amazing. Evan Zillis, author of the number one Amazon best-selling book, Clutter Free Revolution. Everybody, check it out on Amazon, and also your three-step guide. Tell people where they can get that because that's a great way to get started. Clutterfreerevolution.com. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, Evan, so appreciate you taking time to talk to our community today on such an important topic. Oh, thanks so much for the invitation. I had fun. Of course. And hopefully we'll have you back on the show sometime in the future. Yes, ma'am. Count on it. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. Have a great week. And we'll be back here next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Everybody be well. Thank you.